brought to you by Prescient Investment Management. Informed by science. Guided by insight. Prescient Investment Management is an authorized FSP. Welcome to another episode of Honest Money. We're talking all things data science today, and it's, a, it's quite a heavy topic for me because I think it's right at the forefront of kind of what's going on in industry worldwide and, and something that personally is of huge interest, but, but I have to admit on, at the very first minute of the, of the conversation that I'm not the, I'm not the expert. I'm, I'm, the, I'm the clueless questioner, and I need to get someone in who, who can help me with this. So, so we've brought in Zubair Patel. He, I'm just going to read his title because it's a, it's a, it's a beauty. Zubair, co-head of data science and quantitative analytics at Prescient Investment Management. Zubair, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, Warren. Happy to be here. So, so we're talking about you know, you know, something which I guess at the moment is I don't want to. It's, it's wrong to say fashionable, but it, but it is on on a lot of people's lips at the moment. It's something they're talking a lot about. And, and I know, you know, that for you, it's not something new. This isn't something that you started last week, right? This is, this is kind of a, a, a big area of study and a big area of work. But I think let's start with what, what, when we say data science, what are we talking about? Yeah, no, perfect. So data science is an interdisciplinary field, which is used to extract value and business insights from data. Now that, that, that is a bit of, bit of a mouthful and we need to unpack that interdisciplinary interdiscipline field, we need to talk about largely we're using skill sets from computer science and statistics. And when we talk about data, we, we really got to look at the origin of data science. So your data science has kind of been born from the need to analyze large volumes. And you know, you hear those, that velocity of data that's been coming into business. And that's where the need for data science has, has, has arisen. So, so just very practically then, if, if I try and think of an example, we, we look at my, my, my wife's new favorite thing in life is Checkers 6060. And, and so I guess what's happening there is you've got a very big retailer on a national level being able to understand who's buying what everywhere in the country and what, what's trending in terms of what's in demand. So, so it, will, it will start with them trying to understand what their consumers are buying and maybe what they, what they need to buy. And, and then what are their stock levels as the retailer? And, and so they can use a lot of information there to understand the consumer, give feedback to their suppliers, adjust their pricing, I guess. And then my wife tells me now that all of a sudden the app is starting to package things. So she's been buying whatever it is, you know, some face cream and now it's saying to, well, if you buy this face cream plus that, plus that, we'll give you a bit of a discount. And they're, they're obviously that's data science, right? That's them understanding their information and their consumers. And, and offering a better deal for the, for themselves, of course, for the retailer, but also for, for the consumer. hundred percent. Totally. If you look at that value add, there's a couple of levels that that's from data scientists being impl implemented there. One, there's the collection of information, the storage. And once all that information has been collected, there's the component of analyzing, extracting your, your information out of there and leveraging something like something of machine learning or AI to identify what are those products which should be packaged? Okay. So, so this is not just some kind of pie in the sky thing, making a bunch of, of mathematically inclined people happy. This is stuff that has a real impact on our lives already. And, and I'm guessing this doesn't slow down. The impact gets bigger and, and, and wider as time goes on. Yeah. Data science is 
is here to stay in industry and it's, it's highly, it's being highly adopted. It's totally adding the value that's been expected. So, so in, 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 in the broader industry, I can see application everywhere. I can see it. I mean, we'll, we'll need to start talking about one of my favorite new tools in life, my, my chat GPT, but, but I'll, I'll, let's get to that. But, but, but beyond something like that, which I think is really kind of topical right now, I, I can see application in, in, you know, everything from logistics to airlines to, as, as we've spoken about, to retailers, to, you know, pharmaceutical businesses doing medical research, et cetera. But, but maybe I'm struggling a bit to see, you know, you know, how on earth do data scientists work in, in the world of investments? Why, 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 is that a, why is that a thing? Okay. So data science in investments is quite natural, particularly in systematic or quantitative houses. We're working with large amounts of data. We need to visualize, process, and, and analyze them. So the data science field has kind of naturally or evolved and found its place in investments. Okay, so so when we look at the world of, of investment markets, maybe let's just start with currency. You know, you know, it's something we all have to talk about all the time. You know, we're like, what's the rand doing? What's the dollar doing? And and I know, having done, having been in this in this industry since the late 1990s, that it's never one thing. You know, there's never one factor that you can say, well, you know, if if the if if it's sunny in summer in America, then the, the dollar is going to be strong. It's going to be a million factors and, and many of them things that are not obvious to me. And, and, and I guess that's the, the beauty of something like data science is you, you start to be able to look at masses amounts of information and maybe, you know, I think we need to talk about a little bit around the, the, the kind of learning of this, but you know, it's one thing to collect information. It's another thing to say, I can actually identify a pattern or a trend or a correlation that if it's sunny in America and there's a great crop of rice in China, that means that global trade's better and the dollar is stronger. I mean, there, there'll be patterns that people will find that wouldn't be obvious to you and me reading the newspaper every day. Yeah. Actually, the, the, so the, there's patterns that's easy like at a, at a single variable for me and you to find, but what's really fantastic about data science and machine learning is you can put all those variables in a model, one, 10, a hundred, a thousand. And the model will selectively identify those variables which are important and extract the level of pattern information that you require. So, so then it starts to make sense to me that, that, that you've got a bunch of machines sitting there working 24-7, 365, collating data. And I guess at the end of this, what, what happens is there is still a warm body. There's still a, let's, get, let, let's give your colleagues credit, highly intelligent person looking at all of this information and saying, okay, this information helps me to make a decision to buy something or sell something or hold something. It's not as if we're saying data science is about a, a machine making decisions and, and, and investing my hard-earned pension money. This is, this is a tool to help people make decisions. Totally, 100%. If you look at just the basics of looking at a chart, the chart is there for you to help you make decisions. So the output of these machine learning models, they're not going to make the decisions for you. They're there to assist you and assist you to make data-driven investment decisions, evidence-based decisions making. Okay. So, so then it, the, the, the question I'm holding while we're talking about this is I'm sitting and I'm thinking, you know, if you're Google or you're Meta and you've got enormous data at your disposal and you've got big balance sheets where you can spend a lot of money on something like this, are they not the, the do, do they not have like an, a major advantage in, in suddenly becoming an asset manager because their data is so much bigger and their engine is so much more well-funded? 
what, what kind of advantage do we have in the investment world you know, that, that can compete with a, a, a massive data engine like that? Yeah, that's a fantastic thing. So it's a fantastic question you asked. So if you look at, let me just give you the examples from Prescient. So we are, we're systematic quantas and we've got tens or hundreds of quantitative models or tools running. And along comes data science or machine learning. So we're in a space where you look at, the, there's a bit of a spectrum, right? We can, alongside our quants models, create mentative or supportive machine learning models to assist us kind of in the middle, look at machine learning or quantitative models, sorry, look at machine learning models to be alternatives to those quantitative models. And then there's the far right extreme saying, well, we don't have anything in the space at a quant level, but let's just create a machine learning model to do something completely and totally different. So if you look at a place like Facebook, they don't really have those quant models at play. So we as prescient walking forward, we've got a lot of things to benchmark and check out our machine learning models again, which is a fantastic opportunity and also gives us the ability when we're developing these machine learning models to, to have a level of trust and integrity, really criticize those models against things which have been working for, for years. Okay. So, okay. So, so it's not just the, the person with the biggest checkbook wins. There, there's a huge amount of intellectual property that goes in around this. Which gives me a lot of hope because I, I was I was hoping you were going to say that it allows me to know that at least as a financial planner I'll have a job for a little while longer before the machine takes over. So so looking at at, at this field, I, I know there are kind of you know you kind of find that it's quite polarizing. So you on the one side you get people hugely excited about it, saying that it's a you know it's a multiplier, it's it's going to create efficiencies, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. On the other side are people saying. Especially, I guess, around the field of artificial intelligence, and and I think you know they 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 are related. That this is danger, you know, like watch out, be careful, and and they kind of I think they kind of bring up the Terminator movies as the as the example, which you know for someone like me who's kind of not not an expert in the field, I'm I'm struggling to see the dangers and the challenges of data science. To to me, it sounds like a, a net positive for everybody. No, totally. I think it's definitely net positive. So again, there's there's the one side saying it's it's totally scary. We should be highly critical of it. And there's the one side of saying, no, we should jump, you know, hundred percent. We should go for this. It's fantastic. And I think we need to be in the middle and being cognizant of there are certain issues with, with AI, data biases, just general lack of understanding of the output. I mean, if you look at chat GPT, one of the issues they have is GPT does this thing called hallucination, where it would artificially create a scenario and, and related to you as fact, but that's not the case. So there are, there are legitimate concerns within the realm of machine learning, artificial intelligence, and particularly talking about artificial intelligence, it's probably a good opportunity to distinguish between the different levels of, of artificial intelligence. So with, with the rise of chat GPT and the hoo-ha all around it, there's been a requirement to distinguish between the levels of AI or what AI actually is. And recently there's, I think it's well, well established that there's, there's initially two stages. The first stage is artificial narrow intelligence, which is your machine learning. So chat GPT, your Dell E, anything generative. And then there's the next level, which is artificial general intelligence. And that's more a general level of intelligence, someone or some machine or program that can do more than one task. And there's a third layer or third stage, which is quite new and they call it artificial super intelligence. And that's something that kind of transcends human, 
human intelligence. And we're not there yet. And we're not at stage two yet either. We, we're still in the narrow stage of artificial intelligence, which is just your machine learning or statistical learning application and tool sets. I was smiling when you were saying, you know, that chat, chat GPT can hallucinate. I'm just thinking, you know, anyone who's employed a lot of staff will tell you that some staff, you know, when the output you get from them is also sounds like a hallucination. So, so probably there's flaws in everything. So then I'm um, closer to human intelligence then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it sounds to me like they're getting there. They're getting there. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so, uh, so if we're in that space now and we're, and, we're, and we're there, you know, someone like me, you know, I, I find ChatGPT very useful from the point of view that it's a way of, it's not, it's not data science, I know, but, but it's, it's a way for me to ask it to find information. I have to check the information. That's, that's a good point. But, but, but it certainly helps me to kind of go through a huge amount of information quickly and then say, okay, these are two or three areas I can explore more closely. And I must say from that point of view, I find it very useful, but as a writer, you know, someone who writes books and articles, it's, it's either very useful or terrible. You know, it's not, it's, it's, it's almost never average, you know, it's either really good or really bad. So, so I, I get what you're saying that it's not a perfect tool. And, and I'm guessing as these, the, the, the kind of people in your field get, get to understand this more. And uh, I guess it's going to become a much more effective tool as time goes on. No, totally. I, actually, I read something recently saying that chat GPT is, is the calculator of 2023 or the new age. And that's, that, that is totally it. You know, your calculator is going to do certain things, calculations that you were able to do on your hands, or your fingers very fast, but there's an ultimate goal at the end. You, you're not there to add 20 and 10, you, you, you're doing some some definitely bigger calculations at a holistic level. And that's where your chat GPT comes in. It's going to do those micro tasks for you, but you're responsible for, for the projects at a higher level. And that's totally where chat GPT fits in. It's going to speed up your, your workflow. So, so let's maybe put on our, our, our binoculars to the future. What does this, what, what does this look like for, for investment managers going forward? What does it look like for, for asset managers? Is this, are, are we looking at the kind of the. The, the early stages of the death of the human being in, in, the, in the world of money, or is this, is this just making human beings more powerful and faster, more efficient? The, this is making human beings more powerful and more efficient. I can, can say that. Great. Okay. Thank you. I, I was hoping you'd say that as well. It just means we both got a job for a while longer. So we're, we're running out of time, Zabari, and I, I wanted to kind of tee you up, which is to ask you my favorite question for new guests. And, and it's, it's always a little bit of a trick question, but not really. So, so if you had to meet your 18 year old self now with the benefit of the experience that you've had in life to, to date, what would be the one lesson you would like to give your, your teach yourself? Wow. On the spot. I think it's a lesson I'd still, you know, repeat to myself today is, you know, don't be afraid if you have an idea or a good concept, most likely it is a good idea. So just, just go for it. Jump, take it, go for the leap. I think that's par. Thank you, Zubair Patel from Preston Investment Management. It was really nice to have you on the show. And, and you went through that like an absolute pro as load shedding was kicking in and out and, and you didn't even hesitate. Well done. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. Brought to you by Prescient Investment Management. Informed by science. Guided by insight. Prescient Investment Management is an authorized FSP. 